Welcome back, Imaginers. I am so excited for this episode. I am going to tell you more about my story. I get asked so often, how are you doing this? How is this your life? And so I want to tell you a little bit more about my story and what incentivized me (laughs) to begin to change my life. There's a, a couple of culminating moments that I can look back on now and realize that those were some of the signposts. And once I saw them, I couldn't unsee them. And that's really what created the understanding, the awareness. And then I simply had to go figure out how to do it. And that is the mindset work. And that is what I love. That is what I teach you how to understand and then hack your own brain to get everything you want. So today I'm going to share a little bit more about those, some of those culminating moments and ultimately how I went from being the victim, quote unquote, of my own circumstance to the hero in my life, in my career. And that is exactly what I want for you. So it was back in the early 2000s. I was at the height of my professional corporate career. I was a speechwriter in corporate America. And at the time I was writing for Michael Dell of Dell Technologies. I mean, for a speechwriter, This is the pinnacle. And it was also during that time that I began having health issues, debilitating migraines. I had trouble sleeping. I lost my appetite for a long time. I felt a ton of anxiety and I couldn't figure out where it was coming from. Now, of course, I know it's because my life was out of alignment Did you ever see that movie, the romantic comedy with Matthew McConaughey and Sarah Jessica Parker, Failure to Launch? Matthew McConaughey's character is in all of these interactions with nature, and nature is being sort of a mirror back to him. So he's out in the water and a dolphin bites him. (laughs) I mean, who's ever heard of a dolphin biting you? He is, he is rock climbing and a lizard bites him. He is riding a bike and um, I think a chipmunk attacks him. All kinds of things in nature were showing him that his life was out of alignment. And that's definitely what was happening to me. So here I am at the pinnacle of my career writing for an extraordinary leader. And he was and he is. And yet... I knew there was something missing. I would stare at this magnet on my refrigerator that is what I now, it's really now the foundation of my business. Go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Live the life you imagined. A Thoreau quote. And I knew that I wasn't living the life that I imagined. And so I had this nagging feeling that something was off. But I thought... 
maybe when I just reach the next rung, maybe the next promotion, maybe the next move to a, to a different role in the company. And as those things continued to happen, the nagging was still there. Again, the health problems had also started. And then this culminating moment came. And I didn't fully realize it at the time, but looking back, I can see. And it was being on a plane with my then mentor, who I followed. He was kind enough to create jobs for me and uh, at every company he moved to. And I continue to follow him around. He is uh, one of the most extraordinary writers I've ever come in contact with. And so we were, we had this, we had this fantastic relationship where we could kid and joke with each other. And we were on a plane and we were sitting next to each other flying, I think to New York uh, for a Dell meeting. And he pulled out his book. I pulled out my book to read. He pulled out a, a fiction bestseller. I don't remember at the time what it was, but fiction. And I pulled out a book called Please Understand Me, which is the complimentary book that goes with the Myers-Briggs personality inventory. And as he looked at the title of my book, he said, are you in grad school? And I said, no, I've already finished grad school. And he said, why are you reading that? And I said, I don't know. I've just always been interested in psychology and you know, personal development, understanding how our brain works. And he kind of looked at me and he said, so you're just reading that for fun? What, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and again, we had this kind of relationship where it was not offensive in any way. And I thought, oh, I'm not like everyone else. There is something in me that is different. And I kind of took note of that. And it wasn't, it, it wasn't in a negative way. It was just, I'm, I'm going to take note of that. That's interesting. Here's this executive who is unbelievably well-read and wicked smart and incredibly accomplished in his career. And I'm reading a book to better understand humans because Part of your role as a speechwriter is to speak to the humans, all the humans, effectively. And, and yet he was asking me, what, why would you read that? What's, what's wrong with you? That's kind of not the normal fare uh, for a speechwriter. So again, I took note. Fast forward to years and years later, even though the nudges, the whispers have been there for a very long time. You heard me in, in much earlier episodes talking about the whispers and nudges have actually been there since my childhood about really what my purpose in this life was meant to be. But they continued throughout my career. So they culminate, this, the next culminating moment comes in 2015. It's the summer of 2015. I am, I'm dating my now husband, then boyfriend, and I am frustrated um, about an interaction that I'd had at work. And he says to me, why are you giving away all of your power? And at the time, I was incredibly annoyed <laughs> at that comment. 
And I said, what are you talking about? I don't give away my power. I'm an incredibly successful, independent, powerful woman. What are you talking about? And he said, no, you're, you're giving away your power to the people around you by letting them determine what you think and feel. I took note. Once I got over the anger, <laughs> I took note again. So now we've got a couple notes. You're not like everyone else. You're giving away your power by letting other people determine what you think and feel. Okay, got a couple notes here. Then the third culminating moment, same guy, my now husband. I had read about this conference. We were both frustrated in our careers and we, we both knew that there was something more for us. And we, sh- we really share that in common. And so I had read about this conference where you would go for the weekend and you would leave with a mission statement for your life. And I thought, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> I know, I know that there's, you know, these lingering, this, this, this misalignment with my life, these lingering nudges and whispers. There's, there's something sort of out of whack here. So I convinced him to go. And the, the process for this conference was incredibly beautiful and powerful and loving and accepting. And it combined your Gallup Strength Finders strength, if you've ever taken that inventory. I use it a lot in my coaching practice. And it also combined your spiritual strengths, which I'd never taken. So you took those assessments, you brought them to the weekend. And throughout the weekend, I think of it, I think of that weekend like a funnel. So in the, at the and I use this, this analogy a lot in my coaching practice now. So we fed in a lot of information into the funnel. And by the end of the weekend, it spit out very clearly what our focus should be in our lives. And this is now exactly what I do in my coaching practice. I use I use a few pieces of what they use, and then I use many other pieces that have helped me continue to refine and activate my dream career and life. But there were beautiful approaches during that weekend that basically led led us to realize that whatever your outcome was, whatever your purpose for your life was, you were the only person who could fulfill it. You know, unfortunately, sometimes in corporate America, I experienced what I call strength shaming. I remember vividly taking the, you know, the personality inventories and often being the only one with, you know, my specific inventory. I was always the 1%. <laughs> my Myers-Briggs, uh, references is, is uh, I think 1% of the population. I was the only person, you know, who had that combination. And one of my Gallup strengths in that inventory is empathy. It's actually my number two strength. And in corporate America, back in those days, you didn't tell a lot of people that empathy was high. In my experience, everyone wanted strategic to be high. You can think about all the the sort of powerful strengths that traditional corporate America might value. And that's changing. But certainly back then, there was was strength envy. (laughs) There were strengths that we all wanted. 
And there was some strength shaming. And empathy was one of those areas where I didn't tell a lot of people that empathy was one of my strengths. So fast forward to this conference and the two leaders basically reminded us that we are all created to be individual and those individual combination of strengths were created for a specific purpose. And our only job in this life, I believe, is to uncover and activate that purpose. So we leave the weekend. We both have our sentences. Interestingly, our sentences, my now husband and I, were very similar, eerily similar. And that, of course, has only strengthened our relationship and ultimately our marriage and our vision for our marriage, our vision for our lives. But that was really a culminating moment for me. So now we have three. We have, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Why are you reading this psychology book? You're different. We have, why are you letting other people dictate your thoughts and feelings? And we have, here's a very specific purpose for your life. And for me and my husband, those sentences that we ended up with after the, the weekend, we couldn't unsee. It was so clear to me after that weekend what I was supposed to do that I began the journey. I went home. Well, first I went to the store and I got a big poster board and a bunch of crafting materials. I love to craft. And I created a, what I, what I realized now, I, I wouldn't have called this back then, but it was a work back plan, which is a, which is a technique I actually use in my coaching practice now. And what I, what I learned later is that a workback plan actually keeps your higher brain turned on. You've heard me talk about this. Your lower brain quieted. Because when you're standing at today and trying to create the life and career you imagined, it can be very overwhelming. And your primal brain, your lower brain will get overwhelmed and try and stop you. But if you write down the goal and you work backwards, your higher brain, where all of our long-term goodness lives, where reason lives, all of that stays turned on. So I had created a work-back plan and the goal included a date that I was going to quit corporate America. So I started this side hustle, as it were. I started working on my business on the side. And as the day grew closer for me to quit, I kept pushing it out. I got scared. No matter how much money I had saved, I convinced myself it wasn't enough. No matter how much I learned about starting my own business and even getting clients already, there there weren't enough. It was never enough. And again, that's our that's our lower brain. Even though I had this work back plan, even though I had this goal, as I would take steps, my lower brain would still try to stop. So I knew something had to give. And that's when I began my road to getting certified in various modalities of coaching and understanding in much more in-depth detail, human psychology, neuroscience, ultimately the ways we can hack our own brain 
to get everything we want. And that's where I learned that I don't have to let others dictate my thoughts and feelings. I can decide what they want them to be. That is a process. It is a practice that takes time. It does not happen overnight, I can assure you. But again, that is a piece of what I teach in my practice now is how to, how to rewire your brain so that you're not a victim to your circumstance. And, and your circumstance can be what others say. It can be sort of the outside world, your interaction with people, things that happen to you, everything. And I continue to work these modalities, get certified in these modalities, and I began to change my own brain. But again, it didn't happen overnight. I continued to have fear. So again, the day is approaching. I'm supposed to leave. It's a couple months out. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I think I need to move it a little bit longer. So I moved it to the end of the year. I figured, get my bonus, the end of the year, January, I'll quit. I'd already done the work. And the bonuses was sort of the, the culmination of the work. So in the meantime, while I'm waiting and decide, you know, I've decided this is when I'm going to quit, theoretically. I'm not sure what, what would have happened looking back if January had come, but something happened instead. So I'm continuing to work, work this plan, planning to leave. My company that I'm working for at the time is incredibly in flux. But the, the role that I'm in seems very secure. So no problem. I'm just going to wait this out. Then I had a dream. In my dream, I got laid off. And in my dream, I said to myself, when I got laid off, self, <laughs> that's okay. You can just start your business sooner than you were planning to. And then I got laid off. I had no reason to think that was going to happen. None. There was no, I mean, I was the person who was in the know. I was writing executive communication. I was supporting transformation in the company, I, I usually was in the know of when there was going to be layoffs. And I had no idea this was going to affect my department. So what I think is so interesting is that my, my subconscious actually was more ready than my consciousness was. And our subconscious is our lower brain. So I just think it's so interesting that I was actually a bit more ready than I thought I was. And that dream really confirmed I was ready to do this. So interestingly, on the day that I got laid off, I'd, I'd had this dream a while ago. I, of course, just blew it off. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I get laid off. I call my then boyfriend, now husband. I tell him I got laid off. He's in shock. He says, let's go to lunch. He takes me to lunch and about 10 minutes into lunch, he says to me, you are eerily calm. I'm actually worried about you. I think you're in shock. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm not in shock. 
this this is what was meant to happen. I had this dream, remember? So it's so interesting when the when the moment arrived, I was actually very calm and peaceful. They offered me several jobs in the company, and I said no. And they said, "Are you sure you know what's happening? You just lost your job." I said, "I'm I'm I'm clear." Now, I did not have moments that weren't terrifying and scary. And I thought about taking those other jobs. I thought about looking for another job. All of that happened. But fundamentally, I was, there was so much of me that was at peace. And I believe that was because of those culminating milestones, those epiphanies, those ahas that I'd had for years before. That this is, this is what was meant to happen. This is what I'm supposed to do. And that was the beginning of my journey. Stay tuned for the next episode when I'm going to tell you what happened next. In the meantime, you know that I'm cheering you on to the life and career of your wildest dreams. I hope this week that you will take a moment <clears throat> and look at some of the whispers Look at some of those nudges, see where there might be some misalignment, see where there is a rub, where you feel frustrated. All of those are, are, all of that is the language of where you are headed. Take care, everyone. If you want to start creating the career of your wildest dreams, sign up for my weekly email at kylamartinconsulting.com forward slash inspiration. This is your destination for uncovering your purpose, removing any obstacles, and creating the career you imagined.